The first and only presidential debate will be taking place on Saturday at 2 p.m. in an event co-hosted by FTV and 10 other media outlets. One day ahead of the showdown, representatives from the DPP, KMT and TPP inspected the event venue. They said their candidates were fully prepared to defend their policies in front of the nation. 在前几场政见发表会当中呢，就已经针对各个面向大家社会所关心的议题。In the previous policy presentations, Ho Yoyi gave thorough explanations on all matter of issues that society at large is concerned about. Tomorrow he will go all out. 民进党执政八年以来，哈，居住正义是一个非常非常大的一个问题。Over the past eight years of DPP rule, housing justice has been a huge problem. Another issue is political integrity. During the policy presentations, we shared our vision with voters on a total of seven topics. There will only be one debate, and it's the most important event. So we are getting ready for it. Before the debate, Lai Qingde, Hou Youyi, and Ke Wenzhe will draw lots to decide the order for speaking. Then each of the candidates will be given eight minutes to present their views. Afterward, five media outlets will pose questions, which all three candidates will have to take turns to respond to. The candidates will also have the opportunity to interact with each other. Each will be given three one-minute slots to pose questions to any of the others, who will have a maximum of two minutes to respond. Before the end, each of the candidates will be able to present their closing statements. Foreign and cross-strait relations were the focus of the third presidential policy presentation on Thursday. The TPP's Kerwinja criticized the KMT's Hoyo E for failing to revise the party's platform of supporting unification between Taiwan and China, while Ho shot back that he was a centrist. The DPP's Lai Qingde then criticized both of them, claiming deep down they both supported the idea. That Taiwan is part of China. Under the leadership of President Tsai Ing-wen, Lai insisted the Taiwan issue has become global and it should not move backwards. In the final round of presidential policy presentations, cross-strait relations, which has been the most critical issue in campaigning, was the main tool the candidates used to trade barbs. 必须建立强大的贺族的国防力量。We must build a strong national defense force that is capable of deterrence and prepare for war without fear of war. We need to be capable of fighting a war, but we should not seek one. This is my national defense policy. At this point, the DPP still has Taiwan independence written into its party platform, and its presidential candidate Lai Qingde has claimed to be a pragmatic worker for Taiwan independence. The KMT has not amended the unification clause in its party charter. The candidate. It has put forward Ho Youyi is openly supporting the 1992 consensus, which has no support in Taiwan. We today is according to Constitution. Today, in accordance with the Constitution of the ROC, we are upholding a system of democracy and freedom. In particular, the KMT opposes Taiwan independence and also opposes one country, two systems for Taiwan. Taiwan's 23 million people should decide on their future. That has always been my stance. Please don't regard my ROC middle-of-the-road stance as a path to unification. Two countries, and to push the flag. 
Doesn't Beijing's one-China principle linger behind claims that both sides of the strait are one family and policies like the cross-strait service trade agreement? If we accept the 1992 consensus, how can we protect Taiwan's sovereignty? If we move in the direction that we're all one family across the Taiwan Strait, if we move in the direction of the 1992 consensus, we'd be moving in the direction of Beijing's one-China principle. That is not good for Taiwan. Turning to diplomacy, Kerr said he wanted to change Taiwan's foreign aid model and its way of helping diplomatic allies, while Ho and Lai focused on Taiwan joining regional trade organizations. I will proactively consolidate existing diplomatic relations, but we must change our past dollar diplomacy. I advocate reducing financial aid with no strings attached and change it to financial aid where we get something in return. In implementing aid projects, they should be guided by us, and there should be collective cooperation in military and security fields with surrounding major like-minded countries. The US, Japan and Taiwan should set up a trilateral dialogue platform. During my term, we will complete our obligations to the CPTPP so that we can join it. Our coverage in the free trade agreements of major trading nations needs to be improved. In promoting the US-Taiwan initiative on 21st century trade, the most important thing is not the first phase, but a Taiwan-US taxation agreement in the second phase. In the future, I will also be responsible for getting Taiwan into the CPTPP. What's more, Taiwan has already signed the US-Taiwan initiative on 21st century trade, and we've signed an agreement with the UK to deepen the economic and trade partnership between the UK and Taiwan. Even in a setting where the candidates gave separate presentations to express their opinions, they still found opportunities to tack each other and defend themselves. Their upcoming televised debate is expected to be even more intense. In the newest My Formosa poll on the presidential election, the lead is the DPP's Lai Qingde with 40.2% of support. That's an 11 percentage point gap with the second place, which is the KMT's Ho Youyi. Trailing in third place is the TPP's Ko Wenzhe with 18.4%, a small rise since the previous poll. Meanwhile, the most recent poll by the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation also has Lai in the lead with 32.4% of the votes. He is followed by Ho with 28.2% and Ke with 24.6%. The report says that although supporters of both KMT and TPP have tried to lure supporters over from other parties to take down the DPP, their strategies have not proven effective. Premier Chen Jianren is once again urging the general public to be vigilant as China continues its attempts to interfere in the upcoming elections. One of the latest incidents involves the rock band Mayday. Beijing threatened consequences if the band refused to release a pro-China statement. Chen voiced support for Mayday, which so far has refused to succumb, adding that the relevant authorities were always keeping an eye on China. Early in the morning, Premier Chen Jianren joined Transport Minister Wang Guotai in an inspection of Zhonghua Post's logistics center. Chen expressed his approval of the current upgrade plans, which are running on schedule. He also took the opportunity to discuss China's latest attempt to intervene in Taiwan's election via the popular rock band Mayday. Chen turned serious and urged the general public to be vigilant. 
I hope everyone will continue to support May Day. It's a reminder that at this time all of Taiwan should be on the alert for Chinese intervention. We shouldn't fall into China's traps. According to a recent report from Reuters, Beijing pressured May Day to release a statement saying that Taiwan is part of China. Sources are quoted saying that after the ban refused to do so, Chinese authorities threatened to investigate and find the ban for lip-syncing at a concert, which is illegal in China. China's actions have been interpreted as an attempt to sway the youth vote. Chen stated that the international community was seeing through China's many tricks, adding that the relevant government agencies were on the case. National security units have a close understanding on the matter and have a full grasp of the situation. Investigative units are also proactively working on the matter. Besides talking about China, Chen also brought up policies that are set to come into effect next week, including welfare, rent and university subsidies. At a total cost of 238.5 billion NT, critics have accused the government of squandering money to buy votes. The ruling party says the policies have nothing to do with the elections. We have all seen Taiwan's economic growth. Even the opposition parties want to increase spending in these areas. So I think we are indeed on the right track. Chen said that everyone benefits from successful governance. During last year, China had intensified its harassment of much smaller Philippine vessels in disputed parts of the South China Sea. To level the playing field, the Philippines is turning to information warfare, as Voice of America's Bill Gallo reports from Manila. A David vs. Goliath story just off the Philippine coast. Tiny Philippines boats are being rammed by much larger Chinese ships, which now fire water cannons at Philippines vessels on a regular basis. China has the clear military edge as it pushes its claims in the disputed South China Sea. But the Philippines has what they see as a big advantage, a better narrative. That's according to Commodore J. Tariella of the Philippine Coast Guard. It's like an overkill for a superpower like China. Tariella is part of a Philippine government task force that has started using information as a weapon against China. Not only does the government release videos of China's behavior, it goes out looking for them in increasingly sophisticated ways. Overhead, drones expose swarms of Chinese ships. Underwater cameras record Philippine Coast Guard divers cutting Chinese barriers. And the Coast Guard now takes boatloads of Philippine journalists to witness China's harassment firsthand. Bianca Dava is a Manila-based defense reporter. She says journalists did not have this kind of access under previous governments, which played down tensions at sea. With reporters now being on the ground there in the West Philippine Sea personally, I think that increased the interest of the people in this kind of issue. Chinese harassment is now a hot topic in local media. The Philippines has also received more support from like-minded neighbors. That is a big change from the past, when Manila sought closer ties with Beijing. We want freedom of navigation, we want a free and open in the Pacific, and a rules-based international order. Those concepts are now more relatable, says Jonathan Malaya of the National Security Council. These are complex issues that are not, you know, not near the gut. But bad PR alone may not be enough to deter China.
it has become more aggressive, swarming contested areas with larger numbers of ships, raising the question of what else can be done to level the playing field. Bill Gallo, BOA News, Manila. Friday was the last trading day of 2023, and the bores closed with Taiwan shares reaching 17,930 points. Though the TIEX did not break past the 18,000-point mark as some expected, it is the market's second-highest year-end closure after 2021. Let's hear from an analyst. Although it didn't exceed 18,000 points, it wasn't that far off from hitting the mark. The market grew by more than 20% this year, so that makes it a typical bull market. We had originally estimated that the highest mark in 2024 would be 19,500 points and the lower 16,350 points. It should stay within that range. So with that in mind, it could be time to pick up individual stocks rather than markets. Over the course of 2023, the TIEX gained 3,793 points or 27%, the biggest growth ever recorded. The market's value increased by about 12.6 trillion NT dollars. If divided equally among the 12.48 million shareholders, each one gained almost 1 million NT. Ahead of the three-day New Year's holiday that begins on Saturday, hotels in many Taiwanese tourist destinations are booked out. This year, many people are also choosing to fly abroad to celebrate the coming of 2024. Hordes of travelers have flooded airport check-in counters and tourist attractions around the world are bustling with visitors. In the eyes of both Taiwanese and foreign tourists, Hualien is a popular holiday destination. Particularly as New Year's Eve is coming up, many people have made preparations for the upcoming three-day break. Behind the sliding glass doors, a stunning seascape comes into view. However, it may not be easy to book this kind of room at the moment. Hotels in Hualien are nearing full occupancy as people flock to the eastern tourist destination to ring in the new year. New Year's Eve in Hualien is very lively. This year's occupancy rates have reached 90% and the hotels in the city are almost full. Taiwan is seeing a tourism boom, with holidaymakers going to Taidong and Hualien. Foreign tourists are also coming to see Taiwan. The first stop in the north for many is Ximending in Taipei, where hotel occupancy rates for three-day stays have already exceeded 90%. Competition is fierce in Ximen. There is convenient transportation. Tourists from many foreign countries especially like to make a trip to Ximending. There's travellers from Northeast Asian countries like Japan, South Korea, but also Southeast Asian countries like Singapore and Malaysia. Recently, many tourists from Thailand are coming here too. In addition, many people want to fly abroad to welcome in the new year. I want to see the first sunrise of the year on Mount Everest in the Himalayas. 
Data from the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport's forecast system projects that the New Year's Day long weekend will be the peak period for entries and exits, with average traffic volumes reaching 123,000 passengers. The greatest number of passengers is expected on the closing day of the holiday on January 2nd, with 124,000 passengers on par with pre-pandemic levels. An immigrant from China has dedicated herself to the immigrant community in Hualien. Li Chenling, a talented law student, came to Hualien to start a family some years ago. After experiencing the discrimination and practical difficulties which immigrants can face, she found a purpose in social work. Now she teaches Hualien's most sought-after Mandarin language class for new immigrants. She also provides support for immigrants and migrant work workers in all the daily challenges of immigrant life. Her philosophy is to respect and cultivate the unique capacities of each person she meets. Mandarin language teaching is an important part of Li Chenling's social work services. In 2017, an older person introduced her to a migrant worker who wanted to learn Chinese. She became a Chinese teacher for residents of Hualien. Li says it's not just about language lessons. She also supports new immigrants, migrant workers and international students to solve practical issues. Social work is about making friends with people who need more social support. Everyone in my classes is an adult. Their Chinese isn't as good as mine, but in many other respects they may be much more capable than me. So I'm creating a platform here to promote multicultural understanding, where everyone who enters the Mandarin class can learn from one another. The students here come from five or six countries, the busiest classes of more than 20 students. With guidance from the teacher, the pronunciation gets better and better, and they can communicate more and more easily with family members and employers. At the time, my child was still very small. When I chatted with them, they couldn't really understand what I was saying, because my Mandarin accent wasn't very good. After I started learning Bopomofo, my Chinese got a bit better. They think I've made lots of progress. Lee listens in carefully through each class to see how the student's pronunciation is doing. Her lively humor keeps the class from getting too heavy. I will definitely keep teaching the Mandarin class. It's the number one group in Hualien for taking care of new immigrants and migrant workers. Whenever they have a problem, they bring it to me. She wants to light a lamp in Taiwanese society, and for each new immigrant and migrant worker who comes to Taiwanese society, those of us who came first can show them a direction and offer help. Li graduated from the Law Department of Sichuan University in China. She met a Taiwanese businessman while working for an airline. After they married, she and her son moved to Hualien to settle in Taiwan. She experienced firsthand the discrimination which foreign spouses faced in those days and struggled to connect with her in-laws' complex and unwelcoming family. But later, religious faith helped her through these difficulties, and one day she found herself getting into to social work. First, she volunteered to staff a telephone helpline, then became a fully qualified social worker. She wants to be like a lighthouse, giving safety to others like her who have come to Taiwan from far away. Globally, 2023 is now the warmest year since 1850. 
and in Taiwan, it's the sixth warmest year on record. Temperatures average 1.4 degrees higher than the average of the past 100 years. Looking ahead, January to March will continue to be warmer and wetter than usual, according to the Central Weather Administration. Northeasterly winds are weakening and temperatures bouncing back, but that is set to change on New Year's. Forecasters say this time around, lows will be 2 to 3 degrees lower than in the previous cold spell. Easterly and northeasterly winds will prevail on December 31st. So if you want to see the fireworks shows around Taiwan, make sure you are upwind. Nights will be cooler. There will be some rains in the eastern half and scattered showers in greater Taipei. Overall, lows will hit 15 to 16 degrees at night in northern Taiwan. In the early morning, it'll be even cooler, at about 14 to 15 degrees in the north. In central and southern Taiwan, they'll stay at around 16 to 19 degrees. As for the first rays of sun, the first place on Taiwan proper to see the sunrise on January 1st will be Pingdong, and Orchid Island will be the first outlying island. 2023 has been the hottest year globally since 1850, and in Taiwan, the year has been the sixth warmest on record. All months besides May exceeded historic averages. The average temperature across all of Taiwan makes this year the sixth warmest on record. The average temperature was 24.26 degrees, which is 1.14 degrees higher than the average of the past 100 years. It's quite similar to global trends. The CWA says January to March will be warmer and rainier than usual, but does not rule out the possibility of cold spells striking.